This is the Collector Car Podcast, the home for the auto enthusiast. Join Greg Stanley as he applies over 25 years of insights and analytical experience to the collector car market. He will interview the experts and throw in some fun stuff as well. Hey, it's Greg Stanley. If you're listening to this podcast, you know I love everything automotive. This passion has expanded to include being a car specialist consultant for RM Sotheby's. So if you need assistance buying or consigning a collector car at any one of our online or live auctions, including Scottsdale, Amelia Island, or Monterey, you can reach one of our car specialists at rmsotheby's.com or you can email me directly at gstanley at rmsotheby's.com. Metron Garage is a company designing unique garages, condos, and other structures specifically for the auto enthusiasts. They've got eight models to choose from, including two-story options, which I think is super cool, while with a very modern look and feel to them. And they come in all sizes, and they're fully customizable. You can check out them today and start specking your own ultimate garage at metrongarage.com, where you can request a catalog or talk to someone to learn more. So be sure to check it out. I just want to give a quick thanks to Euro Classics for sponsoring this episode. Euro Classics is all about collector cars, from servicing your new BMW M5 to prepping your Porsche for the racetrack to executing a total restoration on your favorite classic. They do it all from routine maintenance to performance upgrades to appraisals and everything in between. You can learn more about its owner, Dale Oaks, by listening to episode number 65 of this podcast. And you can find Euro Classics in the Kentucky, Ohio, Indiana service area and online at euroclassics.com. Classics, C-L-A-S-S-I-X dot com. Welcome back to the Collector Car Podcast. It's been a few months since we've reviewed one of Arm Sotheby's online auction, and there is one happening now, today, online. Go to armsotheby's.com to check it out. The goal for these episodes is to have fun, review fun cars, figure out what the valuations are, if they're going up or down, and to share them with you. So even if you're not in the market for a car, this should be an entertaining episode so you can go to your friends and impress them with your car valuation knowledge. Now for today's episode, I will review 10 cars that are available now, including recent one and two year value trends for each car. I love digging into the numbers, and for what I've heard from each of you, the one or two of you, it is one of your favorite aspects of this podcast. No, I've heard from more than one or two, and it seems like you all really enjoy digging into the numbers. Now please remember to stay tuned to the end of the podcast, and I will share where I've been, what I have found recently, and where I am going next. I'd love to grab a coffee or a beer with you when I'm in your area. Now here's a little teaser for what I've seen gt40 and that's all i'm going to give you right now you got to wait till the end of the podcast to figure out what do i mean by that it might be nothing more it might be a lot more you have to wait and see i want to hear from you now you can contact me directly at greg at the collectorcarpodcast.com or at g stanley at rmsothebees.com and i want you to tell me what cars you want me to talk about what market trends you like for me to review and even what guests you would like on the podcast if you know some cool car folks uh, please shoot them to me. I know that a few of you have, and I'm working on getting them scheduled. Now, be sure to sign up for my email, which comes out about, if I'm lucky, once every two weeks. Realistically, it's once every four to six weeks, but you can sign up at thecollectorcarpodcast.com. So I do want to review a f- couple of the European offerings for our folks that are not in North America, but do listen to this podcast. There's a couple of really cool offerings, and I will not give you the estimates because they're in all types of different denomination. All right, the first one, which is really cool because it's a U.S. car, but it's in Sweden, is a 1961 Imperial Crown Convertible. I saw one of these recently at a local restoration shop. Just absolutely gorgeous. This one looks the same. It's like kind of like a silver blue 
with white interior. The photos online are outstanding. It's parked in front of like an old barn, which is pretty cool. The next one's a 2015 Mercedes Maybach. You might say Maybach. I might say Maybach, but I think it's Maybach. S600 Brabus 900. So it's not only the big Maybach, but it's souped up by Brabus, and that one's in Switzerland. Another cool car is a 1968 Aston Martin DBS in France, a beautiful maroon color. And then we have a boat in the sale. We have a 1992 Lucini Lamborghini Hydroplane. This thing looks insane. So if you think back to 1992, that's when we had some of those big mega cigarette boats in the U.S. that had two, three, four Lamborghini engines powering them. This looks like it's one of those cool boats, but a hydroplane instead of a cigarette boat. All right, the next one's a 1956 Austin Healey 100-4 BN2 in Ontario with our Canadian friends. And then we have a 1962 Lancia Flaminia GT 3C 2.5 Coupe. That car is located in Germany. And the last one I just wanted to talk about is really cool. If you go back to, I think, our Amelia Island sale a couple years ago, you'll see those Fiat Jollies that are meant for the beach. They have a wicker seats. They have a really cool kind of bikini top on them for a convertible top they have usually have like a wicker basket with them they're all from like the 50s and early 60s really cool pretty rare and the one we had a couple years ago is kind of a tangerine color well this is a new version of that it's a 2010 fiat jolly 500 conversion out of italy so picture the new fiat 500 but with the doors removed with wicker seats put into it a wicker basket it is just really cool and beautiful and it's in that tangerine color okay now it's time to review the cars in rm sotheby's december online only open roads sale now these are cars that are trending one way or another <laughs> just fun and interesting cars that i thought would be fun to talk about and to find out more to bid on it because it is live as this is posted uh, just go to armsotheby's.com. We have six more days or so of the auction. They close around the 7th or 8th of December. It's all online. You can check it out there. All right, the first car I'm going to talk about is probably one of the biggest cars of the sale, at least in the U.S. market. It's a 1989 Porsche 911 Turbo Cabriolet. This is an iconic car. It's white with kind of a dark red interior. Low estimate on this car is $250,000. High estimate is $275,000. And you might be thinking to yourself, why is it so expensive? You know, these are typically in the, you know, 150 range. Well, because this car only has 4,300 miles on it or so. So very low mileage from original, as stated by the owner, 1989 Porsche 911 Turbo Cab. So it's a convertible version is available. Now, when I look at the one-year trend, they're actually up 4.8%. The two-year trend, it's down 10.1%. So as everybody probably knows, Porsches peaked a couple years ago. They've gone soft since then. It looks like now they're going to go back up. A couple of you have asked if I can repeat my air-cooled Porsche trends. Are they going up or down podcast episode? And I am working on that. So uh, I think we have a turnaround in the Porsche world that's following all the other cars that have gone through the roof lately. All right, the next one's a 1961 Mercedes-Benz 190SL. The estimate on this one's $150,000 to $200,000. Now this one... Has really cool colors, graphite gray over red vinyl. So you got a great color combination. It looks like it's in tre tremendous uh, shape. It has a four-speed manual transmission, which is desirable. And it has a desirable rear kinder seat. I don't know what that means, if that's for your kindergarteners or not. And a factory hardtop. And let's see, latest one-year change is up 4.5%. Latest two-year change, also up 4.5%. 
Okay, the next one's the 1962 Volkswagen Type 2 Deluxe 23 window microbus. These have been very strong. This estimate on this one's 150 to 170. This is the 23 window bus with the Samba canvas roof. And this was repainted in its original two-tone sealing wax red and silver beige over a gray interior. That's an interesting name, silver beige. Beige. All right, it was recently received a complete total restoration by Napa Valley Restorations. And so this is the most desired model of the microbus. The more windows you have, the, the higher the price goes. This is the, the full-on 23 window. It's not the 21 or the 18. All right, latest one-year change up 14.5%. So this has gone really strong in the marketplace. And the two-year change up 98 all right, the next one's a 1962 Chevrolet Corvette Fuelie. Now, the estimate on this one is 70 to 90, which seems pretty soft, I, which is a little lower than I expected. So this one, when I saw 70 to 90, I thought it was a non-Fuelie car because it looks beautiful, black on black, triple black. And when I saw 70 to 90, then I saw the Fuelie and four-speed. I'm like, hmm, this is a pretty cool car. So this has the 327 cubic inch V8, and it's rated to produce 400, 360 horsepower with that fuelie. Now, the one-year change on this, these have been pretty flat for quite a while now, is only up 0.7%, and the two-year change is actually down 3.3%. All right, the next one I just thought was cool, so I threw it in here. It's a 1936 Auburn Speedster replica by Speedster's Motor Cars. Not a lot of information on the website at this time when I'm recording this, but the estimate's $130,000 to $150,000. Uh, no trends on these because they're replicas. Uh, they're just cool. I just did want to pull the average value of a real 1936 Auburn Speedster, which is $825,000 in number three condition. So if you look at you know, how does this compare to the real deal, it is a screaming deal at $130,000. Now the trends on the big dogs, the original cars have been flat for the last year and up 4.5% over the last two years. The next one I'd like to call out is a brand new Ford Bronco. Those have been these have been very hard to get, and this is the first edition, 2021 Ford Bronco first edition. Not a lot of info on this, no trends on this or anything like that. Uh, the estimate is $65,000 to $75,000. So if you need a brand new Ford Bronco, this will be uh, the one to get. This will be very interesting considering all the constraints we have on the supply line today because of COVID and the microchips and the automobile world. Uh, let's see if this thing goes in that estimate, or maybe it'll go nuts because everybody wants a new car right now, apparently, because they're impossible to get. The next one's a car I've never actually heard of before. It's a 1948 Playboy A48 convertible. I was shocked uh, when I looked this up on Haggerty.com. It was in there with information, so it was, I was shocking. So there's 97 of these ever made. The estimate on this one is sixty to $70,000. It's an interesting-looking little convertible. Let's see. It's an exceedingly rare and collectible piece of American automotive history, automotive history from a post-war startup, thought to be the first convertible built in America with a multi-part retractable hardtop. Hey, how about that? Number 79 of 97 serial numbered examples believed to have been produced by the short-lived Playboy Motor Car Corporation of Buffalo, New York, allegedly one out of 43 examples surviving. So they're still out there. Created as an affordable second car for prosperous post-war families. Features a streamlined design and, technolo and technology ahead of its time, including unit body construction, a coil spring suspension, and a hinge folding hardtop that stows flush with the rear deck lid. 
Powered by a four-cylinder engine paired with a column-shifted three-speed manual transmission with overdrive and equipped with a three-place bench seat, hydraulic brakes, and 12-inch wheels. Because it was in the Haggerty database, it, there were some market trends I could look at. Uh, let's see, the average value for one of these is $27,900. One-year change is up 0.7%, and the two-year change is up 4.4%. Okay, the next one's a 1954 Buick Skylark, one of my favorite cars on the planet. The estimate is fifty dollars to $60,000. That seems to me pretty reasonable, considering usually you see the 53s and sometimes the 54s elevate around the $100,000 mark. The average value for a 1954 Buick Skylark is $79,000, and these are up 4.7% the last one year and up 9.8% the last two years. So we got a car from the 50s that is doing well in the marketplace. All right, I've got two more to go to cover. One of my Favorites from college, a 1996 Ford Mustang SVT Cobra, but this one has the Mystic Clear Coat metallic paint job. Uh, the estimate on this one is $26,000 to $32,000. It's believed to be one of only 2,000 Mustang SVT Cobra coupes finished in color-shifting Mystic Clear Coat metallic for the 1996 model year. I think that was the first and only year they had it. Single ownership since new, showing only... 3,055 miles on the odometer at cataloging time. Now, this has the 4.6-liter V8 engine paired with a 5-speed manual transmission. So it's pretty cool. It's got that paint that you should look at in one angle. It looks like it's dark green. You look at another angle, it looks like it's dark purple. In transition, it's kind of <laughs> kind of dark brown, but you get past that pretty quick. All right, the average value of these is only $9,200 because most of these are in horrible shape. And the one-year change is up 2%, and the two-year change is up 2%. All right, the last one we'll talk to, which has been, they've really been on fire lately. It's a 2003 Dodge Viper SRT10. The estimate on this one is forty-five dollars to $55,000. This is the first year of the third generation Viper, single ownership since new, showing less than 24,000 kilometers. Delivered new to Windsor Chrysler in Ontario, Canada. Finished in bright silver metallic over black leather trim. It has the 8.3 liter V10 engine rated at 500 horsepower. And 525 pound-feet of torque has the iconic six-speed manual transmission with the dual side pipes. And the average value on these is $38,300. That's number three condition. Based on the pictures, this looks like it's at least the number two condition. And one-year change is up 11%. Get this, two-year change is up 28.4%. So there you have it. A lot of cars available. I didn't cover everything. Just some fun ones I wanted to call out that piqued my interest for some reason. You can go to armsotheviz.com to see all of them that are available today in the U.S. as well as overseas. And if you have any questions on any of these, just click the button to contact the specialist and they will get with you quickly. Okay, that was a lot of fun. So now it is time to review where I've been and what I've seen while traveling across this wonderful country of ours. I do find myself traveling quite a bit for my day job in my RM Sotheby's job. And so uh, I get to see a lot of cool stuff. To see some of the pictures from these adventures, you can check out my Instagram page at the Collector Car Podcast. Now let's talk about the GT40. Well, let's just say I was in the presence of one in a stellar collection, and that is all I can share with you. I can't tell you the city. I can't tell you the state. I can't tell you the country. can't tell you the hemisphere. I can't tell you any of that stuff. But it was truly iconic. All right, now let's talk about a visit I can share with you. Now, this one is less iconic, but it's just as exciting. And that was the Muscle Car and Corvette National Show. Now, they 
call it Macacken. I always want to call it Macacken or something, but it's the shorthand is Macacken, and that was in Chicago in Rosemont. Now you can listen to one of its founders, Bob Ashton. He was on the podcast about two weeks ago to share his ultimate garage. That was really fascinating because I kept him to 10 cars for his ultimate garage. He really didn't have much of a heads up, and he rattled them off like no problem. And it wasn't what you would expect. I mean, he knows what all the high-dollar cars are, but he picked exactly what he wanted, which was truly fascinating. Now, at McCacken, it was just an incredible amount of amazing cars. And what's fascinating is I think there were around 536 cars at the event, and only 50 of them were repeats, so that only 50 of them had been shown there before. There were some really amazing unveiling. The Brothers Collection out of the Northwest had a triple black 1970 Boss 302 they unveiled. I had never seen a triple black Boss Mustang 302. But you would just see a lineup of 442s. I think they had 14 442s. I know I'm not perfect on that number. A ton of AAR Cudas. I was talking Tim Welburn, who has a museum of Mopars down in Alabama. He actually had three barn finds or garage finds. These were all... Mopars, uh, one 426 car, one AAR, and I can't remember the third car, but all of them were unrestored, original, original paint, original interior, original everything, and had less than 6,000 miles on them each. And he was debuting three of these cars at the same time, which is really crazy. There were some incredible Fords. Uh, let's see, serial number 003 for the Ford GT, I'm sorry, for the Shelby GT350. That's actually the very first Shelby GT350 ever built. Uh, Nick Smith out of Florida owns that car, and he will be on the podcast soon to talk about it. The second Mustang prototype from the Henry Ford Museum was there, as well as the display of the Shelby Hertz models from 1966. I actually was fortunate enough to judge a couple Shelbys, a 67 GT500 and a 66 GT350. One of the head Shelby judges said that he's been judging there for 11 years, and those were the two nicest Shelbys he had ever seen. One of the points we deducted for was lack of orange peel, which... When you're getting that specific, you know you have a great car. I also was able to judge a 1971 Ford Mustang convertible. What was special about this car is it was the 429 Cobra Jet, Super Cobra Jet version with a four-speed on a big convertible. Now, they only made two of these cars, and this is one of the ones that exists today. And I also had the pleasure of judging a 1976 Econoline van. I had never done that before. It was one of those that was put into a custom shop day two. It's like a tangerine color with pinstriping, totally 70s colors. Really sweet owner who had her own display of vintage bikes uh, in front of it. As, as I said before, you can go to Instagram and check out the pictures of this really cool van. I had never judged a van before, although I, my family, we lived in a 1976 van, or we owned one from about 1978 to 1989, and we took it cross-country from Jacksonville, Florida, to Seattle, Washington, over two months, one summer. So I have a lot of fond memories of a 1976 van. Some of the other outstanding cars that were there, there was a barn find section, which I absolutely love. In the barn find, there was a Yenko. There was a 426 Superbird. Uh, just some really amazing things. Some of the rare cars, they did have one of the rare Hemi convertibles there. There was an L88 pre-production 1966 Corvette. That one was really interesting because I was in talks with the owner of that car to maybe bring it to one of our big auctions didn't quite work out, and now it's going to Meekum. So I'm curious to see what it does at Meekum. I believe it's going to Kissimmee. There was a collection of Marina Blue Corvettes, C2 Corvettes. That was really beautiful. And then there was the only red Yanko Stinger Corvair ever made in the back. And now one of my favorites that was at the 
McCacken Show was a 1957 Fuley Bel Air black on black unrestored original. So that period is amazing, incredible. Uh, most of the time you see a 1957 Fuley Bel Air, there's no documentation that it originally came with a Fuley system. And this one did have the documentation. Now, what was the craziest part about this car? Not everything I just said. 1957 documented Fuley black on black Bel Air original 46,000 miles. But the fact that it was a four-door, I know I just blew a couple of mines right there, but a four-door Fuley that only has 46,000 miles. So again, the pictures are online. And lastly, I visited a lot of local collectors around the Cincinnati area and actually went to one where this guy has over 200 cars in his collection. And he's trying to share them with kids to get them into the automotive hobby, which is really cool. Now, a few of these cars are on my IG feed, including a rare short wheelbase Lincoln Continental, which is really kind of weird to see. It's kind of like a stubby Lincoln. A uh, dark red slash maroon Packard Caribbean and a red 1957 Cadillac Barretz, of which he had three. They All three of them were 1957. They were all red and they were all Barretz. All right. Well, there was a little bit of everything in his collection, including trucks, including a Pierce Arrow dump truck that was just massive. So something for everyone. All right, next, where am I going? Well, as I'm recording this, or since I record this, I have been to Fort Lauderdale, Baltimore, Paramus, New Jersey, and hopefully I will have visited the new AACA Museum in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Those will be posted online. And after that, my travels slow down for the year with just a visit to Boston and Orlando before year's end. If you are in either of those two cities and are up for a coffee or a beer, just shoot me a note at gstanley at armsouthabeast.com, and I would love to meet you in person. And we can talk about cars, or we cannot talk about cars. You know, what do you want to do? We'll do it. As always, thanks for listening. I will talk to all of you next week. Thanks for listening to the Collector Car Podcast. Don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes, and be sure to follow us on Instagram and everywhere else at the Collector Car Podcast.